Hi, everyone, and welcome to All Things Creative. This is Linda Riesenberg-Fissler, and it's a pretty gray, rainy, icky Tuesday out there, um, and it's Election Day, um, so encouraging everyone to go out and vote today. If you can make it out there, that would be a wonderful thing to do. And uh, I'm going to be heading out here shortly to do just that myself. So we have a lot of local races going on. Um, and you know what? Local government is what it's all about. It's the closest to our neighborhoods and it's closest to us. And it's where we can make a difference in our community. So enough of that. <laughs> I'm going to move on to uh, an interesting, I, th I found it an interesting topic and I hope you all do as well. Um, I use history as a basis and um, in the blind series and I wanted to talk about a little operation that influenced the way um, the book progressed starting pretty much with the blind persuasion and then um, the discovery of it if you will in blind alliance or blind allegiance and um, it, it, the operation is an alleged operation that was run by the CIA and that started in the 1950s. So um, let's start with how it started um, first. And this is based on research that I conducted for the books. So Operation Mockingbird uh, was a operation that was used by the CIA to manipulate the news media. Okay, now keep in mind, I said this started in 1950. So think about how the news media may or may not be influenced today and with what is going on. And the operation, Operation Mockingbird, um, was started and approved, if you will, by Alan Dulles, Dulles Airports, Airport that Dallas, um, in 1951. So um, it's, it's been touted or it's been used in a number of different books. Um, and if you were interested in what those books, it, it probably deals with it more directly than I do with Blind in, the, with the Blind series. Um, when I say I use it, what I do is I take that particular instance, that particular um, event and then uh, shape it to fit into my fictional stories. So there have been actual other um, you know, documentaries or, or books that outline uh, exactly what the alleged uh, operation did. Uh, but I, and I want to get into what uh, one of that things are. So, so do, and when I did the um, when I did the research, what I found particularly interesting about this was uh, everybody's probably familiar with the Hoover files, J. Edgar Hoover files, and what Hoover would do for his uh, influence and um, manipulations uh, is keep files on everyone that had any influence or could have any influence over him. So probably the most famous people that he had files on were the Kennedys, for example. Um, he had a bunch of dirt on, on JFK, which, you know, has since come out since his um, death. You know, his affairs, you name it, 
J. Edgar had it in a file. And supposedly he had so many of these files uh, that his, if you watch the movie, J. Edgar Hoover, um, his secretary at the end after his death is shredding those files. Don't know how true that is, but they were under lock and key. And there was a directive that basically said the day that he died or the day that he was removed from office that those files should be destroyed. Um, again, I don't know if that really did happen or not. I haven't really checked into it. But here's J. Edgar Hoover. He's with the FBI. He's leading the FBI. And he has all these uh, files on everybody uh, that he uses that he uses for um, leverage. And the CIA, because of that, started to feel like they were a little left out. Um, and that was basically one of the reasons why they decided to start Operation Mockingbird. So I'm going to stay with Hoover on this just as an example. So Hoover has all these files. He is the go-to person if you want to launch a smear campaign. And so <clears throat> the CIA, so and so he does, basically. Um, J. Edgar Hoover starts feeding Senator Joe McCarthy uh, information on um, people. But let's step back a second. McCarthy and Hoover had one thing in common, and that was their distaste for and dislike of um, communism and communists. Uh, so Hoover decides that he's going to start feeding Senator McCarthy uh, information and um, people that McCarthy could go and direct his witch hunt at. So uh, he, he is in lockstep with McCarthy. And basically this particular witch hunt grabs so many title, so much um, news time, if you will, news cycles, and it, it gains so much power uh, over the American people that the CIA becomes somewhat distressed with that and uh, dislikes not so much what they were doing, but the power that the FBI had. Previous to 1950, the CIA had been considered the more powerful of the two branches uh, because their work was international and um, the FBI is internal to the United States. So the FBI should not be working outside the United States. The CIA is in internal. The two are not supposed to cross paths. So uh, basically um, the CIA though becomes uh, very, very concerned because of the basic power grab that they are executing, and not only just with the McCarthy witch hunts, but also in other areas. Um, like I said, uh, Hoover becomes the go-to person uh, whenever the government needs, the president, uh, the congressman, whoever, needs some dirt on somebody to shut them down. You know, Hoover becomes the go-to person because of these files, these massive files that he's been um, accumulating. So basically, in 1951, Dulles met with um, a couple of his top men and wanted to do something, um, wanted to launch an operation that would basically keep the FBI in check, but also uh, provide propaganda, if you will, to the American people so that it could start to um, have a say or start to bring a backlash to some of the activities that the FBI was doing. 
So now we have Hoover feeding McCarthy documents and people and um, meetings, if you will, of the Communist Party in the United States, and McCarthy's out, you know, to go and get these people. So the CIA then launches Operation Mockingbird, and one of the things that it allegedly does is it goes to certain news media people. And interestingly enough, this even mentions uh, the the information that's out on you know, Wikipedia and um, other sources. Um, mentions that they basically go to Muro, Edward R. Muro, and uh, also Muro's network, and says we're going to feed you the information that shows uh, that that what basically will help you shut down McCarthy. Uh, and that's what they do. So a lot of Murrow's sources and information came from Occ Occ Operation Mockingbird and, um, and the CIA. And that happens, you know, that Murrow tumbles and, and the certain media groups that the CIA was backing tumbles McCarthy and the witch hunt ends. And now all of a sudden what we've got is Operation Mockingbird in a position that it becomes so powerful and provides prop, uh, propaganda um, to our news media on not just that particular communistic witch hunt, but also uh, other uh, news stories. Uh, they actually produce news stories to give to the journalists and the journalists who are paid are required to report those. And the news medias, the, the big stations, whatever, are also in their back talk. So here we have Edward R. Murrow, who basically now thinks he's the watchdog for America, starting to report on things that the CIA doesn't want him to report on. So he's going a few steps further um, than what the CIA wanted him to do. And if you watched uh, the George Clooney movie uh, about Edward R. Murrow, uh, really, really fascinating, done in black and white, really cool, a really, really nice movie. Take and watch that. You remember at the end, if you have watched it, and if you know anything about Edward R. Murrow, at the end of this, uh, basically what happens is the network pulls him from his primetime spot and tells him exactly what he wants them to do, um, which is not what he's doing currently. And they end up uh, putting him on like, I don't know, late time Sunday night, some really like time and, and day that they know the viewership is going to go down. So this is the beginning of the end of Edward R. Murrow's um, ride, if you will, um, because, you know, he's taking and put in a situation where most people would not uh, be watching him. And um he started to go, to his credit, he started to go against what the propaganda was that was being dished out. I mean, he was for searching out the truth, and um, the CIA wanted him to continue with their propaganda, um, and he you know, refused to do that. And uh, the network basically still felt um, that they needed to work with the CIA on Operation Mockingbird, so they took basically Everard Murrow's pulpit from him. So that's like one example of Operation Mockingbird. There are there are a lot of others. So basically, that's what was going on in the 1950s, um, and then 
Watergate happened and um, Congress became very concerned in about 
uh, Bernstein does not refer to, to Operation Mockingbird directly with that. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I, must, I must have missed uh, where this... Ah, here it is. Okay, so in February 1976, uh, Director George H.W. Bush um, announced a even more restrictive policy, uh, basically saying that the CIA will not enter into any paid or contractual relationship with any full or part-time news correspondent accredited by any U.S. news service, newspaper, periodical, radio, television network, or station. Um, so at that time, um, George Walker Bush is, Herbert Walker Bush, excuse me, um, is CIA director, and he basically puts out a, that edict that says that um, Mockingbird is basically coming to an end, that we will not engage in any uh, with the news media or journalists or whatever. So I took this uh, Operation Mockingbird and then uh, went to um, my novel, Blind Persuasion and Blind Alight, uh, Allegiance, and um, basically said, where can I insert this to make it happen, to make it like real? Um, little did I know <laughs> at the time that I was writing this that the things that are going on to, it, with today's media, um, you know, could almost be attributed to mockingbirds. So, you know, is that still going on? Did they open that operation again? Um, will the CIA ever, ever admit to doing something like that? No. Obviously, the way to gather intelligence um, has changed and has Im improved in their favor, if you will, between uh, computers and, and tapping phones and cell phones that, you know, are just basically airwaves going out across the airwaves. Um, you know, so lots and lots of different ways that they could gather their, their intelligence and certainly use that um, as an advantage, both domestically and um in foreign nations. So kind of a, a you know, the, the scary Oliver Stone conspiracy theory thing, right? Isn't it? I mean, you know, it's just kind of, we're going to be looking over our shoulders. Who's watching us now? Um, one thing I always wanted to do, I, I saw this self, this uh, little Mimi, <laughs> Mimi on Facebook that said, you know, I'm changing my Wi-Fi internet name to N NSA surveillance, surveillance vehicle. And it's like, it cracks me up every time I, I read that. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to look out the window and see if there's any white bands. <laughs> so kind of, you know, I guess one of the points that I wanted to make with this is, you know, this type of thing is not new. What's going on um, today with the Trump administration claiming fake news and um, targeting news media, this has been going on since the 1950s and probably even before that. Um, so, it's very interesting the way that we get manipulated and what we believe in based on uh, our trusted news media sources. Um, so uh, it's always interesting for me as someone who does a lot of research for history to find this particular case uh, and, and wonder how that has been used throughout uh, the centuries, throughout the decades throughout the decades, not centuries, <laughs> throughout the decades, um, it, to manipulate our thoughts and to manipulate the way we vote and to manipulate um, things in our everyday life. So, um, you know, one way to combat that is to become educated naturally. And 
and question the validity of what we're being told, especially when the news media has gone into this 24-hour reality show. I joked with my husband the other day that I was going to start calling CNN TNN because it seems like every time I turn it on, we're you know talking about you know Trump. <laughs> so, but I mean, the Trump News Network is what I'm actually starting to call it. So, I mean, there are ways that you can get uh, information and and verify information. And um, while I believe that a lot of the journalists have walked away from the we need, you know, two confirmations or more before we release a story. Um, I, I still believe firmly in that. I took journalism um, in a couple different classes um, when I went, you know, so studied it, if you will. Uh, and one of the reasons why I didn't become a journalist was because of the quote unquote, you need to s sensationalize the story. And the other reason was, um, you know, I, I didn't believe in the way that the teachers were teaching journalism, that that was the way we needed to go. Um, that it, it, the way that they were teaching us led us exactly to where we are today, which is this 24 hour reality news TV show, um, instead of really actually just reporting the facts and letting um, the American people or letting the audience um, either A, get intrigued enough to start looking into more detail or B, um, just giving them the facts and letting them form their own opinion. Um, obviously, there are uh, mechanisms at work here that make us think that we uh, can't form our own opinion. Um, so again, uh, that's, I guess, my little soapbox <laughs> coming off of Operation Mockingbird. But if I get back to how I'm using that in this underlying um, theme of uh, the blind series is, and the reason why it's called basically the blind series is how blind we are and also how blind certain characters are in my books and um, the kind of awakening that they go through in the process as they find out these things like Operation Mockingbird and then some things that are going on in the next three books with the underlying theme of a particular dossier that was written uh, on an event um, that happened, which helped bring down the Cold War. Uh, you know, so that's going to be, you know, an Operation Mockingbird may actually appear again, even though it's past 1976. My my novels are, are in 1980, and the Intelligence Committee and others for um, have been basically told by the CIA director that they're no longer doing Operation Mockingbird. Um, you know, you have to question with a lot of things that are going on, was that really truthful? So... Um, that gives me enough leverage in a fictional world to continue to question whether Operation Mockingbird ever really was shot uh, shut down and also uh, its effect if it had not been on what is what happened in the 1980s. So um, that's my little show for today, talking about Operation Mockingbird and um, opening up a lot of food for thought for us in today's environment. You know, how do we get to today? Well, let's look back. We got there because of the things that were done in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and decisions that were made. And um, I think Operation Mockingbird is one, you know, again, this is an alleged operation. Uh, nobody has found any mention of it in any documents to date um, it, that I know of. Um, but it certainly seems like it is uh, possibly still in play. But um, 
that that is my opinion anyway. But even if it wasn't, it certainly influenced uh, what happened in the 60s and the 70s. So uh, with that in mind, um, have a great day, everyone. And I, I know that I've been kind of remiss in recording these um, every day. A lot of things have come up. Uh, that, that have kept me from it, but I wanted to get at least one out there today. I'm also going to, I, I still promise that I will uh, record and put out the Fundamentals of Self-Publishing talk that I did at the Middletown Library, which went over very well. I had a, a really good audience. Um, lots of questions were asked, and I, th I hope they walked out of there feeling ready to start publishing. Uh, it was directed more towards the writing side. How do you get started? And um, then after you have your, your free write, what do you do with that? And then f formatting, it gave them a lot of different uh, resources that, that could be used and talked a little bit about my process. So I will record that and we will upload it to YouTube because I'll be working off of some PowerPoints and some screen captures. So um, that'll be out on YouTube. And um, I will also... Um, load up the, you know, I think only the volume or only the audio is um, used out on blog, um, out on the, the blogcast, the iTunes place, um, all things creative. Um, so uh, the audio will be there, but I would encourage you to go out to the uh, YouTube website to watch that one when I get it up and I'll, and I'll let you know when that happens. So not sure when I'll be back on the air because we have a really busy week this week with doctor appointments and, and other things. So um, I will catch you next time. Like I said, I want to get one thing out here and, and really wanted to talk a little bit about Operation Mockingbird today. So you guys have a great week and I will hopefully talk to you again in the next couple days. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>